This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Bobby Madley and you're listening to Annie Takes That Chance. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is take your place in Division 2 Huddersfield Town He's missed Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears Pate's got a chance and scores Jack Pate scores Heffler's in there Smith scores for Huddersfield Town 3-2 Town For a sherry Danny Ward saves Danny Ward saves The quatch was in Round De Gea 2-0 Huddersfield Town Christopher Schindler Has a chance to write his name In Huddersfield Town Legend Rising from the ashes of the international break like the imperious Christopher Schindler, this is episode 44 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Coming up, we discuss the talking points from the Blackburn and Middlesbrough games as Town go five games unbeaten. We'll also chat about the latest news out of the club over the last week. And in a slightly new format, each podcast will bring their own topic to the table. At said table, I'm Matt, and in the week where Man City have advertised jobs for social media influencers, we have drafted back in the original social media influencer, Danny G. Alongside him is a man who senses so much danger that Marvel Comics have been in touch to create a new superhero. Welcome back, Neil Wayne. And completing our quartet, having just climbed a mountain in true David Wagner style on a modest budget, is Simon Copland returning from a trip to Wales. Good evening, gents. Good evening. All right. Right then, so let's roll back to... So we've got two games to talk about. This is the beauty of the championship. We, we get more games. Uh, sometimes I, I like to think less is more, but we have two here. Uh, town unbeaten in both games. Uh, first game, uh, me and you, Neil, both went to this one. Uh, it was on TV as well. Uh, Blackburn 2-2. Um, before the game, I I did a little preview for Rovers Chat, one of the uh, fan sites over there, and... One of the points I said in there was I'd like, not that I want to see it, but I would, I'd be interested to see us go one down and to see what the response was. And I think it's safe to say, Neil, we'll come on to some of the talking points, but the response to going 
2-1 down uh, in the second half was pretty good. Very good. Um, I thought we started quite well in the game as a whole. I thought first 10-15 minutes we were on top. Dear looked like he got the number of the left back. Penalty, was it, wasn't it? It got given, that's all I'm bothered about. Good penalty by Grant, keeper's gone wrong ways, right in corner, I don't think he'd have saved it if he'd gone right way. Um, and then we have obviously had the uh, howler from Elphick that led to the equaliser, and from that minute on, we looked all over the place, to be honest, for the rest of that half, and I think 2-1 at half-time were probably fairly fortunate. Altby's missing absolute sitter, put it wide. So I think to get away with 2-1, and Town came out second half, and... I pretty much bossed it. I'm not saying it were a, a full-flowing, epic, great performance, but they did more than enough to, to warrant the draw. And I think over the course of the game, I think a draw were probably fair. Yeah, I'd echo that. I think um, uh, for me, yeah, it was a penalty. It's one of those that when you're the attacking team, you want to see given, perhaps kind of had the boot behind the other foot and might have thought slightly differently. But um, yeah, Danny's call, Cowley's comments post-match were kind of really summed it up well. I thought how he was disappointed not necessarily just with a goal, but with the way we responded to that. We didn't react, we didn't press, uh, we didn't play high enough the park. And then obviously got the boys in at half time, kind of give them a bit of a talking to. And the introduction of Bakuna, which I'm sure we'll come on to discuss, kind of certainly changed things for, for town in the second half. So the game itself, Danny, would you would you say that I think both teams have had a, a fair half each there? We, you've seen you've seen the uh, the game and goals. Would you say it was a fair result? Do you think overall? I mean, I think I thought it was a fair enough result in the end. Would you? Would you concur with that? I've seen the goals on Twitter. I've not seen anything <laughs> else. I was stood in York shopping, but I, my Dug you first, in on purpose the first thing there, I saw I? was two two. I didn't see what what order the goals went in, and I thought that's a decent result looking at it from just in, in, like not knowing what went on. But um, yeah, they'd taken a draw before, and, but I can't really say whether it, whether it was deserved or not. I think we've been offered a point of thought start. I think we'd all have took it, to be honest. On back of three already unbeaten, two wins, a couple of clean sheets. I think the key take-home yeah. point for me is the resilience side. Yeah. Um, you know, going 2-1 down. Okay, we didn't respond well initially. Uh, first half, I thought we were rather poor first half. Uh, after that, and I agree with what Danny Cowley said. Danny Cowley nailing post-match yeah, game is. after game after Just game. Says it as it is. Yeah, and um, but second half, I was really pleased and... Like I say, Bakuna's come on and changed the game for the third game running, scored a goal, and Diakabi's fed him a game for the third game running. Um, fantastic. Uh, the, you have to say a good shout-out as well. 12.30, it's, a, it's an awkward place to get to Blackburn because you kind of have to slingshot around, yeah. don't you? It's not not a straight road. And I thought 2,500 Huddersfield fans there was, was really fantastic, I think, considering it's not been the greatest 12 months. It's on Sky, it's a 12.30 kickoff. I, I think hats off to... Those of us who uh, who travelled over, I thought it was a, a really really good numbers and definitely. I think that's you know you talk about legacy of the Premier League and, and maybe there's not not a massive amount, but it's good that the fans are you know especially away from home sticking with us in numbers and I thought they were great. I don't oh, think we'd have taken that many a month ago. No, to be honest. And just to say, I think kind of last night um, was the highest gate we've had this so far this season as well. So I think kind of what the cowards are doing is definitely brought back that kind of enthusiasm to to fans and. Fair play to them, they're back in the back in the team in numbers. They've brought one thing back, hope. Simple as that. Was we were we've been no hopers for best part of eighteen months, and they've brought that sort of level of interest back where we're actually turning up at games thinking we'll get some of you. Mm. So you know that that counts for a lot. 
So we'll move on to so Blackburn. It's one of those games too old. Anybody stand out in particular for for you guys? Would you say man of the match and at Blackburn? It was kind of a team effort, wasn't it? I, I had to pull one out with that. I mean, last nights were clearly obvious, but on on Saturday I thought Diakabi started really well. Sort of first 10, 15, then they got a number of him and, well, we just fell apart. We it mistake, didn't we? I think we struggled a little bit with, I think Blackburn played a strange sort of three, didn't they? And then two behind a the striker. Two, and it was it was Dak and Holtby peeling off into yeah. space, which really sort of struck, we struggled to cope yeah. with that for a, a good half an hour. For about 20, 25 minutes, they ruined us with that. And it could have been, you know. Good player that Bradley Dak, isn't he? And yeah, Holt. yeah. And Lewis Holtby for that. It's kind of said they picked him up on a free transfer. I think that's yeah. a good bit of business by Bradley. He was, yeah. he was one I, I threw out as a name we could potentially get him and he went there and he's, you could tell he still got it good player yeah uh, should have scored again yeah those two I thought to be honest I thought, I thought Blackburn were kind of there for the taking a little did bit did we get man at match but, um, but those two really really good players um, moving on to we'll move on to last night as well because you know this game's more fresh in the mind if you like what Simon what were your thoughts when it came through the team news came through and Grabar is not playing and 19-year-old Ryan Schofield's thrust in. I, I, I love it when, you know, a Huddersfield lad plays, you know, he's playing for our team. You know, we love you know, going back to Andy Booth and, and what have you. You know, it's, it's it's good to see, you know, especially a, a town fan as well like Ryan Schofield and really happy to see him make his, his debut. What were your feelings when you saw Grabara was out and the size of sort of some of the Middlesbrough players and how good they are in, in the air? You know, you've got Ayala there. Ryan Shotton played well for them last night as well and a couple of others. I thought Lewis Wing was really good for them. How, how were you sort of... How did you take the news, if you like? Yeah, I was a little bit kind of, um, I guess, nervous for Ryan himself. Um, it's kind of a big, important game to thrust in. Probably didn't have too much notice. I think the club put out a tweet not long before the start of the game that showed Joe Coleman playing around with the kids outside. So that suggested to me it was quite a late decision for Camille to drop out of the team and to Ryan to take his starting spot. And he's kind of had to, um, to, as you'd expect, kind of England under 19 international, but his career's pressed quite quickly to this point. I think he was away on loan at Notts County last year. Um, and, and he probably wouldn't have expected himself to, to start in the league so soon. That said, as a, a substitute goalkeeper, you never quite know when your when your chance will come. And um, I thought he did really well, actually, really well. And kind of was obviously the one standout save, which was which was superb, great, well, kind of up. instant, kind of um, reflexes, reactions to, to stop that. And um, he thought his distribution was was good at times as well. So um, yeah, he'll have come away from that kind of with lots of confidence. Um, I think. Um, for me, Camille comes back in the next game, assuming he's, he's, he's um, well enough to play. But I guess I wouldn't have any kind of concerns putting Ryan in the net kind of the next time such a situation arises. That's that's two good performance for him because against Lincoln he was he was pretty good as well. So, well, best player against Lincoln, money. Yeah, and that that save he made, Danny, uh, last night. You you mentioned in our little uh, WhatsApp group. Yeah, but I misjudged it at the time. I thought it had gone straight at him, and watching the replay again, it didn't. Did he had to no. move for that? I thought oh, it's straight at him, and he sort of palmed it away, which is sort of good. But yeah, it was a fantastic save. Having having seen it back again. In in our WhatsApp group, you've made a little joke about maybe doing a twenty year anniversary Huddersfield Town uh, HTFC World Huddersfield Town match report. I think uh, Ashley Fletcher gave you plenty of material, didn't he? Just after the uh, the save by Schofield. Yeah, that was a hell of a miss. I don't know. It just sort of came at him, didn't it? I think he just he just must have thought I've just got to make contact with this and it's in back at net, but oh, obviously man. not. Yeah. Neil, should he still have been on the pitch? Ashley Fletcher. There was an elbow and Elphick first half, which was you could hear it echo in the upper tier wheels. He absolutely walloped. Him. I think pro- problem with that one was, and then Schindler as well. Second half, Elphick got up straight away. Yeah, he did. I think if if you've got. Too honest. Somebody with yeah, far too honest. I think you've got a sort of. I know, 
I'm going to hit what I'm. You're going to say that word again, aren't you? Say that word. But no, you've just got. You, you've got to be a. You've got to shit out. Shit out it. Yeah. <laughs> you have got to shit out it, and I just think you've. For somebody with that experience, that's a if. If he stays down there and milks it, referee's got a decision to make. Well, that, that's how they got that free kick that led to the um, Schofield save because yeah. they were, they were they, never free it was sixty sixty. But yet he goes down, falling, rolls about, and gets the free kick. And Schindler's sort of protesting, yeah. saying, "Well, he's pulling my shirt," yeah. but he's being sort of old man there, aren't he? So yeah, I think you're right. He's got a shit house. You, you, you have, you, you've got to, and it's you know you, you see that so often against us, and you just got to think for an experienced pro there. Come on. And think about what you're doing. Get this lad walking. You know that that's a that that's a complete game changer. He gets off, and that's that were early on and all. Get him walking, Campbell. Absolutely, yeah. but he, he, get him walking, and that's it's a completely different game. You're playing ten men for you know seventy seventy five. Minutes. Second half though, he did the same to Schindler, and Schindler's gone down holding his face. And again, no yellow yeah. card. I, I thought the referee was far too poor linear. last night, but for yeah. both sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're for bad both. For both, I, yeah. I thought the referee on, on against Blackburn yeah. as well. He gave any form of contact any, yeah. anybody Which went down. And it took Blackburn 20 minutes to work out that this referee gave yeah. pretty much any touch. Yeah. And um, it was quite funny to see all the Blackburn fans accusing us of diving afterwards when they were every bit as bad for the last hour. But case there are. But back to last night again. So I, I thought Fletcher should have should have gone, to be honest. But in terms of that, I, I thought, being brutally honest, Middlesbrough probably deserved to win last night. And again, Town a bit lucky, and you know after after the bad luck we've had over the last twelve months, Simon, I think we probably deserved a little bit there. There was the Fletcher miss, and there was another one where it hit some hit their striker on the knees, pretty much on the goal line, and yeah. bounced into Ryan Schofield's arms as well. I don't yeah. know how that didn't go in. No, it's crazy. And then coupled with that, obviously, Son Belonga was through on goal, and kind of Jaden Brown did really well to get back. When actually, I think a striker in a bit more form um, would have perhaps took that one he had away. His shirt a little bit. It was a little bit. 50-50 that, but you can see that could have gone against us. You, you can look at it two ways last night. A lot of people on the way out were saying two points dropped. And I, I can see that point of view because you're playing a team that's in bottom four where you're, you're at home. You know, you'd see that as a great chance to get a win. But I came away from that thinking a point gained because we should we should have got a beat last night. I'm not sure if it's a point gain or two points dropped. I'm still not quite sure in my own head. But I certainly that's why I said it could be seen as more. <laughs> I certainly don't feel like we deserved anything more from the game. I mean, we haven't tested the goalkeeper particularly too much. Uh, we haven't really created anything particularly in the second half. We, we haven't had a, a real kind of clinical, clear shot on goal. So so from that point of view, for me, it kind of felt like we didn't, certainly didn't deserve anything more. And um, I think kind of we dust ourselves down, we go again, obviously against Barnsley this weekend now. And um, that'll be another tough game, actually. They'll have a, another day's rest or an additional day's rest more than us. So um, yeah, here's hoping three points from that. I think the disappointing thing was, They've also got a Davidson goalkeeper who, with a couple of kickouts, did look nervous. And we just, we haven't tested him. We haven't tested him. You know, there's a couple of times when we're taking short corners and we're taking free kicks across back. And, you know, at some point, you've got to be a bit, a bit, you know, not not so pretty. Not Just get it lumped, put it in box and, you know, cause some bother, cause some consternation in there. And, try and upset him and ruffle him up a bit and you know that's your chance to get your L fix and your Schindler's round keeper and you know upsetting him a bit but we were just we, we, we missed an opportunity on that front for me like with a debutant goalkeeper there Middlesbrough every opportunity put a ball into our box last night to test Schofield out every opportunity and to be fair they put some good ones in as well but I think well, like I say over, over at Corset game they've had 
two brilliant chances. The one that obviously Fletcher's put over, a Sumberlonger's clean through. We've put a free kick just wide from Diakabi. And apart from a, a sort of a glancing... Belting free kick. It, well, yeah, but apart from... But well, it's not mm-hmm. on target. And apart from a glancing header from Grant over at Bar, we've actually created nothing. So that's why my point of view, it's, it's a point gained on that front. Yeah, I was relieved with the point, to be honest. I could see them being the only one that were going to score late on, even though we had a few surges forward. We never threatened, did we? So... Every time they kick, especially the crosses, like Neil's just said, I was just nervous as anything once yeah. the crosses were going in. Is that because Schofield was in net, do you think? Or do you, I think it's just the way well, I don't, I don't they think Elphick and Schindler helped him out that much. I mean, yeah, you, I'd be hoping that he'd come for a couple of those, but I think as well, I, you, I'm hoping that Schindler or uh, Elphick had some of those away, but they didn't do, so... I took a friend last night who's not been to watch town for... Uh, he, didn't see us, he didn't see us last season, thankfully for him. Yeah. And... Um, he um That'd he yeah one thing he was um quite surprised by was our lack of physicality he was you know he's he's a bit of a football purist in his own head he's, he's my mate richard but he uh, he was very surprised at how uh, how when the ball went forward uh, you know grant kachunga um Diakabi were quite easily muscled well, out of it and again when the balls went into the box there's only really Schindler and recent Elphick seasons there. past couple of seasons best defender from our from uh, from that point of view has been Munier when he's been on corners and free kicks he's been the one getting them getting rid of them but um that's another topic for later isn't it i guess inch with a repeat corner from the right left footed near post schindler flicks it one nil on a field town christopher schindler has met tom his corner it might have taken another deflection but town's talisman defender has broken man city's defense Right, so what what we've got here, we've got a bit of a different layout. So we're gonna bring, we're each gonna bring a topic to the table. Uh, I'll I'll go first. So my first topic is is a case for the defence, if you like. So whisper this very very quietly, but I think Christopher Schindler's back. I think from Blackburn, the the, the recent performances of him have been really been building, and for me, he was our man of the match last night. I know Lewis O'Brien played really well, but I would have gone Schindler in the end. I just thought he was outstanding at the back he won won so much in the air he's winning things in the air he's reading things better and he looks a lot happy so for me the super sexy German is getting back to his sexy best um, the question I throw to you guys is who would you partner him with essentially so Elphick Elphick's you know we, we can say Elphick did that against Blackburn and he threw one in yesterday which we got away with as well but he's been quite a key part of this five-game unbeaten run as well. You know, his leadership skills coming through. It's a little bit agricultural in, his, in, in terms of defending, but he's technically, he's positionally usually in the right place and he's, you know, he's a, a blocker or a stopper, if you like. But in terms of options, you know, who would who would you guys partner with him? So we've got Congolo. You kind of look at Congolo and you kind of think, does he really want to be here at the minute? Uh, Stankovic, I personally think he's better in in front of the back four in defensive midfield, but he can play there. Chalaba plays for England at centre back. Could could we move him back? You know, into the thing. But then again, when I watch him sometimes play for us, I think defensively he, he loses his marker a little bit easy, and and maybe it's a little bit too early for Romani. He plays part of three centre backs for England as well, doesn't he? Uh, I can't remember, but he, he he plays back there. But yeah, he could possibly do. So what would you guys do? I Elphick's coming in for a little bit of stick on social media, as 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 to be expected. But I I think I'd stick with Tommy Elphick at the minute. I, I think him and Schindler are 
I think you, you can kind of credit Tommy Elphick a little bit for bringing Schindler back. You know, Schindler's Schindler's really come out of his shell again, and and I I I, I I'm going to stick up for Tommy Elphick and say I I keep him in that back four. I like Danny Simpson next to him. I think Danny Simpson covers fantastically well. Danny Simpson's improved back four no end, mm. and just by being and Jaden Brown's uh, Jaden Brown's doing doing well down yeah. the other flank as well. Everyone knows what a, a fan I am of uh, if they're of all Jayden fit, Brown. if they're all fit and firing. You move for me. You move Schindler across, and you pop Big Tezeke alongside him. But I won't show on Congolo in at left back. He's not a left back. I'd much rather have Jaden Brown there. Elphick can't be overlooked. He has been part of this run. He's been part of this team that's kept three clean sheets in the last four games, which yep. at this level is a feat in itself. Um. He can't get away from the fact that he's he's, he's definitely got a clanger in him, and he's yeah, trying his best. I mean, obviously the one at Blackburn's cost us, and actually changed the course of the game on the day. The one at Blackburn, Simon, you were saying was was bizarre because he, even he, even if the striker wasn't there, he'd have put Schindler in trouble with it anyway. It was definitely, such a there's, there's a camera angle for the for the replay of that goal, and actually it shows that if that pass is successful and is made to Schindler. Schindler suddenly got kind of three people converging on him um, from different angles and suddenly he's got no outlet ball there and, and actually kind of then he's in a very awkward position. So very strange pass. Um, needs to just go down the line at that point in the game, I think. Um, but obviously that's the instructions being given by, mm, by the managers. That's the way they want him to play out. And, and fair play to Danny, obviously, for coming out afterwards and, and saying that and not necessarily pointing the finger. I think just, just to come in on the question then, so from my point of view, I would persist with Tommy Elphick as well at this moment in time. And so there's a number of reasons why I say that. But I think the most important one for me is that Schindler has excelled in that left centre-half role. And obviously, if you reintroduce Congola, he is better there. He's played for kind of, certainly for Huddersfield, the majority of his career in that position. And if you reintroduce Congola, obviously as a, as a naturally left-sided player with a naturally left foot, you then have to switch Schindler over to the right centre-half position. And for me that doesn't seem to come as naturally to him or certainly that requires some adjustment. I mean, you look at like the best centre-halves and for example, John Terry has always, always played, played all his career at a left-sided centre-half and, and actually I, I think kind of sometimes perhaps as, as supporters we're a little bit naive to think the centre-half position is the same irrespective of you play on the left-hand side or the right-hand side and actually I think um, the kind of the knowledge or the, or the kind of the skill set required to play in those two positions is, is quite different and that relationship you need to build with your fullback is, is is something to kind of note as well. So for me, I kind of agree with that Schindler's coming back to his best. I wouldn't want to disrupt that. So I persist with him there. And then that means one of probably Elphick or Stankovic uh, again to play on that right hand side or I don't Stankovic likes to play left hand side as well at times. So yeah, not not an easy not an easy one at the moment, I think. Um but I think that's that's the way I would go. Would you would you say Congolo O'Neill? Because obviously Congolo's he gets in that Dutch twenty eight man squad and if he's if he's right if he's if he's got he's, his head he's on, one and of I'm our best talking players, everybody yeah. being all things equal, Congolo every day at week for me because he's a he's probably he's our a, best player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah you, you don't pay seventeen and a half million quid for a player um, who's not good enough. You think there's anything more in this injury situation? So obviously, Danny Cowley I think has come out in the last couple of games now. He won't be said, back for a couple of weeks yet. That's, you think? Yeah. So, so, so why has Danny Cowley come out and said then his fit is I available? Think, I think Danny Cowley likes to throw red herrings in, yeah. in well, press conferences. I think he, a little bit of uh, Glenn it, Hoddle. He's made it very clear as well that he, he watches everybody else as he knows that people watches. Yeah. So why why throw all your cards out and say that I everything's thought, yeah. as it I should be? But as a fan, that's a disappointing. Isn't it? You turn up to the game expecting oh. to see your kind of Rolls Royce centre-half, the guy who's kind of you record won't, you signing, won't, you won't and he's not there. there. 
You won't play him anyway. You'd, <laughs> yeah. you'd rather see us so win the game. So you'll be that disappointed and you won't play him. Yeah. You'd, you'd so rather see us win the game, though, wouldn't you? With, but with yeah, it's for, for, for me, you've got a £17.5 million centre-back. Like I say, he's not a left-back. And Schindler, yeah, he's played a lot of his career as a left-hand side centre-back at town. Obviously, alongside Effler and, and what have you. But... It didn't look that bad when... He's, he's, he's more than comfortable to put Christopher Schindler in between a Dutch international and a very recent Premier League winner. I think Schindler would be uh, more than capable of playing there. But I think, I think my, Schindler my could play midfield as well. Yeah, he could, he could, but my, my back four would be Simpson, Schindler, Congolo and Bram. About you, Danny, what would you persevere with? Or would you persevere or would you change even, should say? If I was going to do a report, I'd stick with Elphick for material. <laughs> but like, like Neil says, if it's all equal, then you put Congolo twice the player that Elphick is. But I agree with you. I don't think his head's right. And I don't think that's the case with a lot of the ex sort of Premier League players we've got. I think they've got that, that mentality and that they're better than where we are now. Maybe they're just going through the motions. And if he's looking for a move in January, then he's not going to want to get injured. So I, I would stick with Elphick for the moment based on... We have had clean sheets, which is... A rarity over the past few uh, past few months, so I'd, I'd keep him in there. I know he's, he has made mistakes; that's that's clear. But I think I'd I'd, I'd stick with him. So we're well, just rounding out the defense. D'Amico Dehaney's gone out on loan to Boston this week. Um, Town used the non-league loan system quite well. Roman Edmonds Green went to Brighouse last year as as one, and there, there's a load of them out at the minute. There's too many to start reeling off. Yeah. Um, do you think this is a good move? Uh, sending them out to non-league means that you can recall them at any moment's notice. They can come and train with us still. They can still play in EDT games. Uh, Boston, is it a case? It, it seems a bit of a low level for him, but is it a good move in terms of it'll get him used to that physical aspect? I hate of, this know, phrase, but I'm going to say it. It'll make him a man. Even like yeah, that. just yeah. man him up a bit. It's, <laughs> he's he's going to be in amongst ex-pros, never been pros, an ex, people, ex-football people, league club as well. Yeah, so, pe- yeah, people are gonna be not afraid of getting into him, and it will really make him sort of strengthen up with some, let's call it agricultural football. I think for me right now he's he's quite a way away from the first team. There's obviously no league cup games on the horizon, um, so I think this is his best opportunity of playing some kind of competitive first team football really with kind of something at stake. So. Good move. Um, arguably, yes, a bit below his level, but I'm not sure what options were available. And I guess the club and him will both reassess in January and see where we go from there. Well, we can't send him out to a football league club no. till January. He anyway, gets so, yeah, in competitive right. football, man's football, uh, in games that actually mean points. Mm. You know, the, That's the, key, the, isn't the, it? Yeah, there's a meaning behind these games that he's going to be playing rather than in development league for us. And, I'm, I mean, there's a it's only till January. And I think that will be with a... Have you coming back? Because let's be fair, I think Flo's probably gone January. And I think Dane will be back as back up to Danny Simpson. Not Herbert. No. We'll, cr- we'll cross that bridge when we well, get Herbert, to Herbert's gone out on loan, has it? Sorry, Herbert's injured at the moment. And the fact they've let Dehaney go out on loan, kind of, irrespective of that, kind of suggests to me that Herbert's not really in thinking. Right, so that, that's what I've got on that topic. So let us know on, on social media uh, what you think, who your back four would be, who you pick, Elphick, Congolo. And, uh, and get in touch and let us know. Town have fed Harry Bunn down the left-hand side. Lerba delivers the pass. Bunn gets his cross off. Kachunga! 1-0 Huddersfield Town! Right, Neil, we're going to break this up a little bit uh, with... Uh, so, topic two, Danny, you can get ready for uh, 
for your for yours in a moment. But Neil's going to give us a bit of a community update, aren't you? First off, yeah, I shall. Um, first up, Andy's Man Club. Sixty-seven we had there on Monday night. The numbers are just bonkers. Seventy-one, seventy-six, sixty-seven. Last three weeks. Um, it's growing. It's growing a lot across the country. Just short of seven hundred and fifty nationwide. We are looking at another couple of groups opening very, very shortly. But it's just it's it's providing the phenomenal support, and I'll be honest, it's really proud for me when I'm sat at town and you can see the Andy's Man Club going round the LED boards because because of the nature of the layout of the of the Andy's Man Club logo, it does really ping off those LED boards. So, yeah, so a lot of people are noticing that, and it's it's getting mentioned a lot. Social media is working well for us. Facebook and Twitter, uh, great platforms for positive stuff for a change. So yeah, Andy's Man Club, strength to strength. Woodersfield Street Kitchen, still feeding upwards of 100 people every week. Um, we are going to be putting a shout out for clothes and shoes um, in the next couple of weeks, ready for Christmas. Um, and I don't want to sound disrespectful for donations, but if you are wanting to donate clothes and shoes, if it's something that you won't wear yourself that's on its last legs, we don't want it. And I know that sounds really selfish, but these people have, you know, they've still got some self-respect. We don't want to give them our rags. We'll give them stuff that's decent. Um, and if you wanted to do us stuff for Christmas, brand new socks, gloves, scarves, stuff like that, absolutely brilliant. Um, you can get in touch with me via the Huddersfield Street Kitchen um, Facebook page or at Huddersfield ST2 on Twitter and I can arrange to either meet you, collect, etc. Um, and also, just a quick one from the Town Foundation. They had a bit of a, a, a mini kids sleep out. So there were three schools really involved in that. that. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Really cool. um, one person that I would like to mention on the back of that is a chap called Andy Needham. And as I've mentioned him before. Yeah. He works, he's got a company called Approved Foods who basically buy and sell stuff that's sort of ending its life, if you like, short-dated stuff. And he buys it in mass bulk and sells it very cheap. He provided us with three pallets full of stuff for Street Kitchen that probably had a sales value of about fifteen to 1800 quid, which is, to us, absolutely massive. And is also then, I've seen provided, for all these kids that were doing the sleep out a couple of weeks ago, he's provided all the stuff for them as well. So he awesome really is. Work, Andy. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely top man, Andy. So yeah, it was called the Little Big Sleep Out. And obviously just, a, it, it was aimed to educate and raise awareness to the issue of homelessness, which obviously... He's very, very close to me doing the street kitchen stuff. Um, and they've also delivered a weekly Premier League Primary Stars social action planned lesson to each of the participa- par- participating primary schools on the topic of homelessness. So the fact that the foundation are getting involved around local schools and really pushing this and making the kids very sort of socially aware at such a young age is vital. And we, we see it at the street kitchen, we get loads of kids coming over, wanted the parents to let them save the spending money and buy us cases of water and toiletries and all sorts of stuff, or even just come and put it in donation bucket. So yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And the fact that the street kitchen survives like it does, and then the fact that the, the foundation are doing what they do on the back of it, 
They actually received 864 donations throughout the Welcome Centre and Batley Food Bank, which is phenomenal. And it's keeping it's keeping people alive. It's, it sounds stark, but it's actually true. So yeah, the foundation will 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 continue to back that on here. Um, they're actually running something called Sporting Memory Sessions. Oh, that looks really good. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah, it's, really yeah, it's about people affected with dementia, depression, loneliness, and social isolation, which we can relate to quite a lot of that at Andy's Man Club because people, it's not just about suicide and what have you. It's people who are yeah, on their own, yeah, and come, you know, come and join us for a, a couple of hours on a Monday. So they're running those from the Brian Jackson house every Monday between half 10 and half 12. So it's something that you're going to be interested in. Get yourself there and, and join in with a, a few people and make some friends. Awesome. Thanks for that, Neil. That's that's great to, to hear that. Bakuna trying to tiptoe his way through. Bakuna! He's their man at the moment. He's their go-to man for goals. And he's just struck another beauty. Right, Danny. Uh, I'll move on to you. So <clears throat> you're uh, you're stint in the uh, in the chair, and you've got a particular topic for us, haven't you? Yeah, it's um, Janino Bakuna, and whether he starts or is uh, left on the bench for Saturday. We know before the Middlesbrough game, he'd scored three and three from substitute appearances, and I think certainly around me when the team was announced, there was a lot of sort of shock that he wasn't in the starting lineup. But I am in the prone sandwich area where nobody knows what they're talking about anyway, <laughs> including me. So, <laughs> I w- to be honest. I'd, I'd have picked him. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I would have done for the Middlesbrough game, yeah. but I think it speaks volumes that the Cowleys didn't pick him, and they know more about what's going on in his head and so on than, than we do. And I think that that's a bit of a worry because it, it sort of harks back to what we were saying about Congolo and whether the head's right. Mm. And yeah, he's he scored three goals, but he's done that from from coming on as a sub. And I think Danny Cowley explained it after the game last night that he thought. When he comes on later in the game, there's more space for him. Although they did admit there wasn't that last night, but that's what they were expecting. Um, more tired legs around, more space for him to come on and do his thing. And that, that makes sense as well. If, if he can be utilised as a, a, an impact sub, then, then fair enough. But I think it was disappointing last night. We've already sort of touched upon that. But for me, although I would have started him last night, I would now not start him against Barnsley based on what he did last night. I think Danny Cowley referred to him as the hammer of the nail when talking about how he used him. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I just, you know, he did have one chance last night when as soon as it came on. But what worried me, the, the, one of the first things he did when he came on, he was sort of sh- not, he was almost showboating on that touchline, sort of faking passes and, and, and almost as if he's trying to wind some of the Middlesbrough players up. But I don't think that was the point at which he should have been doing that. I mean, he, he did try a, a, a raking ball, well, a cross-field ball of about 50 yards that went long. But I think you, you sort of knock, knocked him for that. But I thought that was the right decision to make that pass, but he, he got it wrong. I think the first time for me in, in this recent run of games, at least with Bakuna last night, there was a, a weight of expectation. There was a weight of expectation amongst the crowd, kind of amongst kind of the supporters. Um, expecting kind of Janino to come onto the pitch and, and do something, bring this game to life, deliver some creativity in the same way that he's done so well in the last few games. And obviously wasn't able to achieve that last night, which I think was frustrating for him. We saw that kind of perhaps a little bit of frustration come out in, in some things towards the end of the game. and um, Frustrating for, for the crowd as well. But I, I guess this is kind of, we shouldn't expect him from him, from him every game really. He's a lad who's obviously kind of clearly worked on stuff in the last few weeks and he's clearly improved. But to kind of, Pin all, all our hopes, if you like, on, on one player feels quite um, 
quite unfair, actually, I think. Yeah, so my my issue at the minute is not not so much Bakuna, but I, I don't quite like the blend in midfield that we've got. Um, I think Hogg and Chalobah quite samey you know, in a lot of things that they do. Chalobah drives with the ball better than Hogg does, but I Hogg actually, kind of picks, picks, picks that second ball up a little bit better. But I, I think we lack a playmaker in yeah. that three. That's that's my main I think problem. That's I, think I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if sh- part of the thinking around playing Shalabar last night was the height and the physical presence. Obviously, mm. we know that Middlesbrough have a, a big back line and lots of bodies in the box and, and, and kind of Shalabar will, will help defend that in, in the way that perhaps... Yeah, it's just, and that talking though, you could, you could actually say there's a shout for giving Stankovic a start last night. Yeah, because he can pass a ball around. Yeah, but and he's a big lad. Mm-hmm. For me, Chal- uh, on... Chalabar, you know what you're going to get. He's, the lad's only 20 as well, so he's going to have dips. He's going to be in and out. He's, he's a young lad. But Bakuna is the ultimate risk versus reward option, isn't it? You, you, you don't know what you're going to get. It's the old Forrest Gump mentality, isn't it? So you don't you don't know what you're going to get when he comes on. So it's a huge risk to play him because he could potentially cost you the game, but he could also win you the game. It's that risk versus reward. And because we don't have a natural playmaker, and I think it's hurting us because... When the ball goes up to Grant, he can't really link play very well or effectively like like he can. But then you kind of want him central anyway because he's more of a goal threat. So you kind of need either a Bakuna or a Pritchard to do that knitting of the you know the, the middle third and the final third. And I, I think, think one of the problems with Bakuna is at the moment, obviously he's got the three and three from being on coming off at bench and looked really good the three times he's come off at bench. But you're almost running a a reward or punishment scheme because I think pretty much everybody expected Bakuna to start last night and I think possibly Bakuna expected to start last night and I think his performance when he came on he started showing the little petulant signs again that had been lost over the three pre three previous they tried to knock out of him didn't yeah, they? yeah. Every, he came on he was trying to beat a man in, in our own defending third trying to ping a 50-60 yard pass cross field from the same position, getting everything hard. wrong. Tried too hard. Yeah, but then, I agree, trying too hard, but then the one point down in front of us where he skipped past one lad and he's got ball at his feet and he just sort of... He's kind of tried to just sort of, turn just sort of let it go and he wasn't bothered and no tracking back and then we broke. the One one of the one breaks we had second half late on, we had probably three defenders back Middlesbrough, but our players weren't busting a gut and he's... Still stuck yeah. between Elphick and Schindler. He, look, he looked like he'd been up field 90 minutes yeah. by that point. You think yeah, he's just come been, on, yeah. been on a quarter of an hour here. He should have been the one, especially with his recent record, who were absolutely flying to get up there. But, you know, does he feel like he's been punished? Because he's, you know, three and three off at bench. I think most players would probably expect to be starting last night. And then the, the fact that he wasn't. It's a tough one for Cowley's there because they don't play him and they'll have their reasons. And to be honest, you can't question them because they've got very little wrong so far and I think, you know, they deserve our backing and trust. Yeah, my, um, my only point is that we don't have... You, you can kind of see when Middlesbrough played a flat-back five at points last yeah. night and we just didn't have anyone to thread anything through. We, we, we missed Aramai five, four, so one, much. It? They, they, they came yeah. to stifle and not let town play It was, it was the Wagner-style diamond 5-4-1 that yeah. they played midfield and it worked quite well for them. Yeah, completely but, narrow, wasn't it? Yeah, since QPR, I think since we let Aramoy go, I think I've been... I think I've been uh, Missing him a little bit, and it just felt that we needed so you know someone who's good with ball retention and can and can find those little little angles. And I P- look P- at Bakuna. Pritchard's the ideal player for that sort of kind of situation, isn't he? In in our squad, at least. 
<laughs> don't upset Matt. He, he doesn't upset me, but I know he's he's been good in the past, but he's just done nothing like for us in 18 months. That shows me that he can be the man, but it's a different level with a different manager, so I'm hoping that I is. think you've got to give him a chance under Danny Cowley. I think yeah, everyone, everyone gets a clean slate, clean. yeah, absolutely. We're definitely hoping for the, Cow- the Cowley effect on Pritchard. But with, with Pritchard, it then, then indicates a formation change as well, and I, I quite like the three, so I'm, I'm not sure if I... But I think Pritchard's got to work his way in at some point, or he's got to show us what he's got, but... Yeah. Yeah, well, that question on on, uh, on Twitter has provoked sort of a mixed response. Again, well, pretty much what we've had here. Jerry, whose name sort of scrolls off the end of my screen, but I know he's from America, Jerry Heenan. I've met him a couple of... Well, I met yeah. him at a town match last he's season. He's a town fan because of you. He is, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can only apologise for that. <laughs> Told you, social media influencer. But he says, if Chalabau is playing well and providing anything in attack, the risks in handing Bakuna a start mean I'd say no. But Chalabau is not playing well and not providing anything in attack, which I agree with. He was... That's where average I'm at, again yeah. like yesterday That's where I'm at. Chaloba, so but then I don't think Hogs being outstanding either. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think that for me, um, Lewis O'Brien does what Hogg does and more. He, he breaks up play, he'll, he'll chase, he'll harry, but he'll get the ball and he'll run at people and he's he can thread a pass There's, there's well. bits with Hogg though, when you see him, when the ball goes up in the air, he uses his, si- well, his, his broad size very well and he wins a lot of headers for someone who's 5'8 and he... He kind of picks up a lot of second balls and he uses his physicality to knock players around and yeah, but O'Brien can't do that. No, he can't. Chalabar's done that already earlier this season. There was one game where he absolutely bullied the opposition um, and then he scored that goal at, at Cardiff. Well, that seems to be a bit of a one-off now. He's not had many shots since. But Chalabar is capable of doing that if we can get that out of him. He's a physical presence and he has, he's got the height Big as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one from uh, Twitter, Mike says, no... Don't start um, Bakuna because when Pritch is fit, I would think Hogg and O'Brien plus Pritch will be midfield. And the only it's way... It's a m- small midfield three. So mid- it is, three, yeah. It is. It's, a, it's a Hobbit midfielder. But he's saying he would start Bakuna in place of Hogg. So I know, yeah, I know what he's saying. That is, that is small, that. I'll, I won't tell you what Christian Whitehead said at White's 29, other than it was a two-word response. <laughs> and it was, uh, no, he wouldn't start Bakuna in summary. Yeah, okay, so the uh, the results of the poll, and it was 422 votes and as, as to whether he starts on Saturday, 61% said yes and 39% said no, of which I was one of them. Nice one, Danny. So I think most people are, are just sliding with Bakuna at the minute, but I think um, I think I think we'll trust the Cowleys on that one. I don't think they've got much wrong so far, like Neil, Neil says. Uh, so the next... Uh, the next bit we'll go into is a little bit of nostalgia. Now, Darren Bullock. It's the last penalty. 
And if he scores from this, they are through to the final. Huddersfield are there. Darren Bullock is the hero. In goes Robbins. Coming from the free kick. Taken short to Brown. And Robbins making a dart across the face of the defenders. A perfect header. It's a flick, Fletcher! Jepson's there, Billy's there! The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life! Right, those were the days, my friends. We're looking back at the 79-80 season of which... Danny and Neil are closer to, but sadly weren't 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 old enough to follow the club at that point. And uh, the ninety four ninety five season, which uh, despite Simon's protestations, we're all old enough to remember. And we'll go back to nineteen seventy nine and the two games in the corresponding game weeks: Huddersfield Town seven, Port Vale one, and goals from Fletcher and on goal by Delgado. Hart 2, Robbins 2, and Neil's favourite, Brian Stanton, rounding off a, a 7-1 pumping. Ledge. That was on the 22nd of September, wasn't it? it was, you know what, are you, have you, are you reading my laptop here? No, that's my birthday. <laughs> I just, it was I on the 22nd there. of September 1979, 7-1 in front of 4,299, and Town were in fourth position at that point. Uh, and uh, a couple of days later played Stockport County away at Edgeley Park. Mick Laverick and Hart again scored uh, in front of 5,369, which propelled Town to the top of the league on the 28th of September 1979. So what we like to do is pick out a player from that era and and discuss them in a little bit more detail with uh, the Where Are They Now Huddersfield Town FC book by Lee Morris, which, Neil, you've just recently purchased as well. Yeah, good book. Really good book. So this week I'm gonna go with centre backs on on both uh, on both on both seasons, and a centre back playing at that point was uh, Dave Sutton, and that's one that you remember a little bit, Danny, isn't it? Yeah, I remember him. He was um, proper Buxton player. He's sort of no no nonsense central defender. He, I think I'm, well, I'm, yeah, he, he would have captained us quite often there, but he, he was a real leader. I remember him coming back even later as manager of Rochdale. Um, when we played him in the FA Cup and he knew everything about town and I remember him leading him out uh, Rochdale and he said we'll go over to the left at Leeds Road and warm up just so he could upset town because every game that's that where town shed. yeah, yeah. towards Cowshed Head and town came out and what what are you doing and he, he instructed all his players to go and warm up at that end just to put one up and they've got a draw out of that as well I think we beat him in the replay but early days of shithousing yeah I think and I think he put in his uh, in his program notes that he did he, he would have wanted to become town manager but I think Rochdale was his last sort of proper he started off well there but faded at the end but yeah he was a proper along with Keith Hanvey that eighty two eighty three promotion season those two were just immense. At did the they back. did they both have curly long hair Neil or was no, it just yeah. Hanvey who had the long Keith hair? Keith Hanvey had sort of blonde mullety type. Yeah, Dave Sutton had a big big mop. He had a big mop. Yeah. One of them had yeah. curly hair didn't they? Yeah, Dave Sutton looked a bit yeah, like yeah. Brian May with hair. He did yeah. So let's find out a little bit more about Brian Sutton, although Danny could have pretty much read the book there with what he's, what he's come up with. So uh, David Dave Sutton, centre-half, town years 1978 to 1985, a good seven years there. He was born in 1957 in Tarleton in Lancashire. 
Uh, playing career, uh, Plymouth, Reading on loan, Huddersfield Town on loan, Bolton and Rochdale. Uh, Huddersfield permanently as well, obviously. Sutton originally signed on loan from Plymouth Argyle in 1978 before making a permanent switch a few months later. He was immediately installed in a centre-half pairing with Keith Hanvey and they went on to play in both the 79-80 and 82-83 promotion seasons. Sutton remained at the club until 1985 when he joined Bolton Wanderers, spending three years at the club before he left in 1988 to join Rochdale, retiring in 1989 to become the physiotherapist at Spotland. Uh, following the departure of manager Danny Bagara, I think we all remember Danny Bagara, don't we? Stockport. Yeah. Mm. Sutton was appointed caretaker manager in 1989 before Terry Dolan was given the job. Dolan later offered Sutton a position on his staff, but when he took the whole city job in but he took the whole city job in 1991. But Sutton decided to stay and became manager of Rochdale. He remained in the role until 1994 when he was sacked due to a run of heavy defeats, which you said there, Danny. Sutton later ran Sutton's plants in Tarleton. <laughs> with his father but sold the business <laughs> although he still works there and lives next door he is also a director of football at non-league club Bursco. Um so yeah so Dave Sutton bit of a Huddersfield town legend there um, let's move on to 94-95 so one of my favourite seasons and uh, you remember this one guys maybe not Simon but 8th of October 1994 Birmingham City away at St Andrews it was a vile atmosphere this is one of the first away games I went to and I remember that went on the uh, patrons coach and every coach outside ours was parked away from St Andrews for some reason and every coach in St Andrews car park had been bricked by the Birmingham fans I remember walking out down at the bottom and they were throwing things hissing spitting bottles coins they, they were they were dreadful the Birmingham fans that day all shirty bloody Yorkshiremen down there they were absolutely vile honestly and uh, we won, drew one all. And one of my take-home bits from that game is I remember Kevin Blackwell having to play in goal and thinking, "Oh God, he's you know five foot six, Kevin Blackwell, and Jose Dominguez for Birmingham City." I think you remember him and Claridge that he used to have up front, and Birmingham were a, a decent side. But we drew one all that game. Darren Bullock scored in front of fifteen thousand, uh, and Birmingham later equalised. And then fifteenth of October, nineteen ninety-four, a week later, we beat Cambridge at home three-one. Ronnie Jepson scored two, including a penalty. And Ian Dunn saw Huddersfield stay top of the league. So if I said to you there was an Irish centre-back that played for us that season, <laughs> would you remember much about him, Danny? I remember Pat Scully, yeah. Brought him from, from Southend, yeah. He was, he was no-nonsense as well. Yeah. And if, the, if, there was, if the ball came to you, yeah, just, he'd, he'd clear it. But he did that, I think he did that under instruction from Warnock. Oh, could you imagine right, him yeah. playing out from the back as well, Pat Scully? No, no, that, would, <laughs> no. that would not happen, no. Not yeah. unless that just included putting it in top tier at Riverside. Mm. That, was, was, that was his way to play out he from was back. big slow solid but pretty reliable really Pat Scully he joined uh, in on penalty shootouts as well he was the only yeah. one to miss against Brentford and the only oh, one to score in the autoglass against yeah. Uh, Swansea Swansea yeah. yeah so Patrick Pat Scully born in Dublin in Ireland at 94 to 96 he played for us uh, playing career was Arsenal Southend Huddersfield Shelbourne Shamrock Rovers and Drogheda United Scully originally arrived on loan from Southend United I think I think we signed him with the, the sort of money we were getting from Wembley from going in the autoglass, didn't we? Yeah. And um, I think he was probably promised, one of those players promised that he came in with Tom Cowan and if he came, then we would we would play him at Wembley. I think he'd, he'd played against us in that game where Stan Collymore oh, just rinsed r- r- yeah, a one-man show. Yeah. <laughs> Jack I, don't, I don't think he had anything to do in that game, to be honest. So like, well, yeah. yeah. And so he signed on loan and then joined us permanently in time for the 94-95 season, playing at centre-half in a partnership with, with Lee Sinnott, who was another... Rosehead type, rugged defender. 
uh, during the promotion season. So he left town in 1996 after falling out of favour with Brian Hawton and returned to Ireland to sign for Shelbourne, where he spent five years and then won with Shamrock Rovers in 2001. Scully later finished his career at Drogheda United and went on to manage Kilkenny City in 2005 and Shamrock Rovers and Limerick uh, later in 2009 and 12. The Irishman now works as a taxi driver in Castle Gregory Island. And one thing I remember about Pat Scully is him arguing with Neil Warnock in one of the videos you know, the, where Warnock, it was the time when they were recording him going mental in the dressing room and he was arguing with him after the after we lost to Birmingham. And Neil Warnock at that time didn't look like the kind of guy you would want to argue with too much in the dressing room. But Pat Scully gave him it back and that was interesting. So again, if you want to get the Where Are They Now book, which is a really interesting read, you can pick that up from Amazon Waterstones, the club shop, or contact Lee Morris directly. It's a bargain for 10 quid. It's a belting book. Neil, it, it feels all of a sudden that there's a zone that we're entering here. <laughs> Hi, I'm Phil Hodgkinson, and you're listening to The Danger Zone. Nobody's got a gun to their head. The 3,000 going are insignificant when it comes to the TV millions. Putting on buses for every away fan, if it's not a 3pm start, is utter garbage. Jason Cundy doesn't think fans travelling to TV games are old travel. This is a bit of a Ferrari around Boxing Day. And Liverpool's game away at Leicester has now been rescheduled for eight, an 8 pm kickoff, which on Boxing Day, let's be fair, it's bloody ridiculous. Tra- trains and stuff. It's it's, it's just a, it's just dreadful. Is this an Amazon thing? It's know. for TV, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's for TV. Okay. So, regardless of which it channel, it's an absolute joke. And ex- and him saying that the fans are insignificant. As a player who played, God knows how many games in top division. Too many. Yeah, but to to have lost sight of what football's all about. Football is about fans. The end. It's not about anybody else. It's about fans. Every club survives because of its fans. So for him to say fans are insignificant and they should, you know, if they can't get there, they shouldn't go. It's not like that for a football fan. You want to go. Boxing Day is one of those where you want to be at football on Boxing Day, but you also want to be able to spend time with your families as well. And But to have a game like that chosen as an 8 o'clock kickoff when travel links, trains, buses, etc. will be pretty much non-existent, for him to be so blasé and dismissive of it is it's frankly a disgrace, to be honest. Um, football is nothing without fans. It's not all about TV millions. So, Jason Cundy, frequent winner of Whopper of the Week, is now starting to smash apart the danger zone. He is an absolute danger. 
And here's a man who's probably never paid to go watch a football game yeah. in his life. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Moy round the outside of Johnny Otto of Wolves. Early cross, deflected by defender. Carlin Grant off the line. Goal, Steve Mounier! Goal, Steve Mounier! The roof has just nearly come off the John Smith Stadium. Jan Siebert is poised to gather his first win as town head coach on the back of the best performance since he took charge. And Huddersfield Town have just forced the ball over the line. Willed on by the deafening noise of the home crowd. It's Huddersfield Town 1, Wolves 0. Right, we'll move on to topic three, and this is in Europe, Simon. So you have a specific topic that you want to discuss tonight? Yeah, so this came off the back of uh, yesterday evening's game, actually. So we've kind of uh, 10 minutes to go. I was looking kind of over towards the subs bench, expecting to see Danny and Nicky kind of make their final change. Would it be Mbenza? Would it be Mounier? And I was quite surprised to see that actually they didn't go with either option in the end. And that kind of led me uh, through you, Matt, actually, to pose a question on Twitter earlier today. What would you do with a conundrum that is Steve Mounier? And we gave kind of um, the people kind of following uh, and he takes that chance on Twitter four options. Those being start him, use as an impact sub, uh, leave as is or look to offload. And look to offload was the kind of overwhelming winner actually with 53% of the uh, 226 votes. And I think if I'm being truthful, that's probably where I'm at at this moment in time in, in my head. I think there's a there's a good striker in there. His, his return for us in the first Premier League seasons, I think kind of seven goals in 28 games was a good one. He's done well recently for his country and benign five goals in 10 games this calendar year. But where we are right now with the system that we're playing, it's quite obvious that um, both, I guess, Grant and Fraser Campbell are, are ahead of him really. And I guess if he can't find his way into the pitch in games like last night where like we spoke about earlier, maybe a plan B is needed, some kind of more direct diagonal balls into the box, then I guess I'm kind of questioning when and if will we ever see him in a, in a town shirt ever again, really? I don't think we will, to be honest. I think he's, at this moment in time, I think he's filling bench because that's all we've got. I don't I don't think we'll see him. I think Benza is the same. I mean, you've got... Th- <laughs> with them two, you've got nigh on twenty-five million pounds worth of Montpellier garbage. That I mean, when phone rings at Montpellier and it's us on the phone, they must absolutely wet themselves. Because they've palmed off those two on us for twenty five million quid. Mounier, massively disappointing for me, because I remember the Crystal Palace game, I'm actually talking to, to Mike Caffer today about this. Um that Crystal Palace game, Mounier, you're watching that thinking, we've, we've signed an absolute beast here. This lad looks like he could be leaving us in a year's time for 25, 30 million quid. Not really happened for him. I think his life at town ended the same day as our Premier League hopes, that Brighton game. And I think ever since then, it's pretty much gone downhill for him. And he, he, just, he looks completely disinterested. Um, the one game, I think it was Southampton game, last game, and he got brought on as a sub and literally strolled over at white line onto the pitch. Made no attempt to go and, you know, you see a, a sub come on, they sprint on door, they get in position, look like they're interested. He strolled onto the pitch. So I think, he's there to fill up a space. And I think the fact that, like Simon said, I think we used two subs last night 
and the fact that you've got two on there that cost us what they did, but neither were deemed useful at that point, pretty much sums up where their careers ended for us. Yeah, just to bring in Oliver on Twitter, who kind of um, responded to the post we put out earlier, he said, I think he could bring a physical presence that we lack at times. However, watching in the warm-up last night, he really didn't look bothered. Clearly doesn't want to be here. Stomps around like a child. I remember him always being Mr. Nice Guy with kind of a little laughing emoji after that. Fire, fire engine, that was, that was good. <laughs> Such a movie. Um, I, I like, I've always liked Steve Mooney. Um, I first, I agree with Neil. First season, I thought we'd, we'd signed an absolute potential. No, I, won't, I won't go as far as saying a, a drogba, like a poor man's dropper, if you like. Uh, first season, I thought it was good. Started the second season, it was a bit in and out. That Wolves performance where we won at Wolves, Mooney was absolutely immense that day. He was yeah, phenomenal. But after the Brighton game, he, he yeah, so I agree. Same. Um, he's. He's dropped off a cliff, which is a shame because I actually quite like the guy, the person. Last night, I think last night, I think they were a little bit worried about Ryan Schofield whether he'd get through to the end after he after that challenge. So I think that might be why the third sub didn't go in. But I, I would have put Mooney on last night because we weren't getting through that back five, and I would have put him on to hit some diagonals. Like Ryan Shotton and Ayala are good in the air; they may have swallowed it up, but it, it just adds something different. And the other I thing think for me the, last night, so I was just I think. Mounier would have helped defensively as well. It was obvious kind of where Middlesbrough's threat was coming from. And actually having another six foot kind of ish bloke or six foot plus bloke in our box defending, I think would have been would have been a benefit. I think that tells you a lot about where his head's at though. The fact that he wasn't even considered to start in a game where it was going to be aerial bombardment from them. I think I think if what sums up where he is. If we do offload him though, he needs replacing. What's odd is that we've gone from last couple of seasons saying, Oh, we've got De Poitre and Mounier who are like like for like, so you bring one off and bring another on, you're not changing anything. We've almost gone the opposite. We've got Carlin Grant and Fraser Campbell who are like sort of like for like almost. They're not sort of target men, they're sort of quick nipping, brilliant finishers. So if 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 you were gonna go for a plan B last night and we've we're saying that sort of the cowl is like a target man that's when he was going to be used. So yeah, why even have him on that? I know you just said... They've mentioned this as well. and They've pretty much said that the crosses into the box aren't good enough to play Steve Mounier and no. delivery. But then what about Josh Caroma and uh, Reese brown on the bench? And what, I mean, he scored a hat-trick, didn't he? Yeah, I think Reese brown's so. central, isn't he? But Caroma's a wide I'm just, player. I'm, well, I'm thinking then in terms no, of... Instead, yeah. instead of... I, I just, um, sorry, I'll just read out some comments. So kind of Danny Cowell has asked this question mm. um, earlier in the month, actually. And kind of, I think kind of it was written in the examiner examine these words we are we are working with Camille Grabara and his longer kicking because that's important to Steve we need the distance and the accuracy but we have to work with Steve also to get the right type of crosses because he's centre forward and thrives on crosses and we are working towards a game plan that we can use with Steve Fraser Campbell is a different type of number nine Steve and at the moment we are still trying to get the A game plan done but certainly we're working towards having contingencies because every good team needs contingencies so that those comments to me are kind of as ever quite politically correct from Danny Cowley he's not selling anyone under the bus so to speak he's saying publicly that he's a part of working on that I think they probably genuinely are but working on it and being able to utilise it are two completely different things and my only worry with, with Steve Mooney and I kind of I don't always subscribe to the financial thing you know like like you sort of say was this, but in terms of wages in the championship you just wonder if you can carry so I don't know how much he's on but you presume coming from Montpellier wage, for 11 million quid He's not going to be on ten grand a week. He's going to be on, you know, triple that. Yeah. So, and you just think for Huddersfield Town, can we afford to not play him? And I think that's my my worry. Well, would but, be my but, worry. But if he's, do, do you play him just because of his wage though? No, he needs to you play on merit. So he needs to play on merit. So I understand why over fifty percent have said offload because for me, 
I like the guy a lot. I've always liked the guy. I, I like the guy's personality. It's just I understand what people are saying. I don't think he, there's any doubt he's a nice fellow, but he's not doing it on the pitch. No, so. he's not. And and because he's not doing it on the pitch, my main concern is how much he's taking in terms of finance and the would, fact we, that would we be able to use that elsewhere? The fact that we've been as bad as we have and the counters have come in, you can see pretty much the 13, 14 players that they're comfortable with using. It's it's glaring. You know, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to work that out. So if they're wanting a squad of 22 that's currently a squad of 28, you've got to be looking at offloading probably the best part of another 12, 13 players again. Who's, who's going to take Mounier? I mean, he came over here for wages. He'll, he'll end up back in Turkey France or something. Or France yeah. or Turkey, but we won't get the money back. We won't get the money back, but you can't afford... To keep paying that wage out, so you'd take a loss on it, wouldn't you? His contract will probably be up soon yeah. as well. I think he's got another 18 months to run that. Um, so kind of, uh, we may look to try and strike a deal, I guess, in January. Um, a couple of comments on Twitter. So Andrew at Regminator says, shot that there have been no situation so far to throw him on and let goalkeeper. Also, like Carl and Grant feed off flicks, knockdowns, etc., which is what we spoke about before. Um, Shell at, Shenchen- at Shelchenko has a slightly different view. Time to hashtag feed the Steve. We claim we play with pace and the break, but there's a lot of crosses he could benefit from different, definitely. Um, I think crosses mm-hmm. obviously a way to kind of feed his attributes, but I'm not sure we've necessarily been able to put some good crosses into the box or certainly the number we would want to. And then Rob at UTT, Rob kind of, I guess, rounds this off quite nicely, say, have a whip round to pay for his taxi, question mark. Ooh, Seriously, Rob. if we can get out of trouble, we need to play him or no one will come anywhere near him. I'm not paying his taxi think he's worth. <laughs> and it's quite expensive so I, I guess a kind of a, a bit of a mix of views but the overriding sense is that I guess Steve Mooney's time at Huddersfield Town is done in January or or if it has to be the summer we should look to offload him especially when you consider at Lincoln they generally played with the target man when they played us in Cup they had that big lad is it a Kinder on, on his own up front and it's a worker uh, though isn't he though yeah, well. yeah but, not. no he's not so but that's what they seemingly prefer whether they'll obviously alter that because of the level of football they're at but if that's what they've always done I sense that that's what they'll end up going back to so I think it'd be Mooney out and someday big but more mobile what's, what's Chris Wood doing these days <laughs> scoring Premier League isn't he? Oh, God damn it. I thought he'd be on bench by now but Leeds are it straight to Moy again who shoots what a goal Aaron Moy an absolute thunderbolt delivered all the way from Australia. Right, Neil. Topic four is 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 all you. Uh, what you, is it now? You've, uh, <laughs> you put out a tweet earlier, didn't you? And um, the takeaway point for that was about the January window, about what we need. Yeah, basically, just try to a bit of a chat about. And um, we've, we've covered a bit of it there with, with Mooney and, and Benza, but you know, in January, what do people think we need? Um, I think we've ticked the box that we need another striker. Somebody who is different to Grant and Campbell. Mooney out. Um, Wingers-wise, Dear is starting to come on a bit now. But we still are dreadful at crossing a football from whoever that may be. It's just not our thing. Um, so for me, you need another wide man. I think we need somebody creative midfield-wise and we met on this. I, I don't think Pritchard's that man unless the cow has really got a grip of him. I hope he is. I, I hope he is, but I just, at this moment in time, you can't say that he is. Um, He's been here almost two years. Yeah, he? and done not a great deal. 
So for me, need somebody creative in there. And unless they're bringing Edmonds Green in, into the fold to compete as a centre-back, I think we need another centre-half. I think from my point of view, kind of what will be going in David Webb and, and Phil Hodgkinson's heads right now in the conversations they'll be having is that really they can't justify bringing anyone in from a wage bill point of view, from a squad number point of view, until we've been able to offload a few. So I think you talk yeah. about 29 in the squad at the moment. Danny yeah, said he'd like to work with 22. He's looking at seven up. I think kind of realistically, probably need to get three or four out and we might be lucky to get one or two in. They've said that's, that, that's what we'll end up with. They have said that. Phil Hodgkinson said that one on here as well. That they will be looking at shifting out three, four, maybe five in January. I think, you do. I think some of those things that you've said, Neil, we're being three. realistic and have to wait until next summer. It's kind of about getting ourselves through kind of I think it'll depend on where we are as well. If we're still bottom three come January, then there'll be there'll be like an urge to act. Whereas if we're sort of mid-table, you think, well, this season's gone, aren't it? We can afford to wait a bit, but... It all depends where we are in January. So, some, players don't, some players don't wait as well. That's another thing. So for me, I think uh, we're okay at goalkeeper. I like, uh, I like the options. Maybe Coleman might go because usually we have two goalkeepers at this level, don't we, rather than three. Danny, Danny Simpson's a case in point. We didn't have the budget there to go out and get a Danny Simpson with everything that had gone on. Mm. But Danny Simpson was a needs muscle, so I went and got him. And I think in January, if we're still in and around the sort of bottom five or six, which by January, chances are we probably still will be, it becomes a needs muscle. But you're at, it's nailed on that there will be at least three or four of the first teamers will be gone in January. It's nailed on. And I, I'd hazard a guess that probably a couple of those are lined up and done already I, I suspect maybe Congolo might be one to go maybe in, in January uh, if he does then I think um, we need another centre back yeah. I, I don't quite know who I quite like the guy Cooper at Millwall but he didn't play that great against us when I saw him so I was a little bit unsure we need a left back because I can't. I don't see Jaden Brown playing every game from now to the end of the season he's yeah. too young to put that much pressure on him uh, we need a playmaker in centre midfield and a player I've been going on and on and on about since the summer is Marcus Madison at Peterborough. Um, 2.5 million uh, release clause and free in the summer. When he's free, he's going to have a whole load of clubs going yeah. for him. So if we if we can afford it, I would... And they are currently top at league. He can cross a ball, he can play at 10, he can play wide. He's a great player. Go get him. If, Peterborough if might can. take less than that as well. They're kind of, better taking a million pound in January than nothing. I'll be nothing very surprised if they're summer. out. But, but would he want to leave in January? I'll be shocked when if it's when not a free in summer. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You've got to pay him what maybe you would have got in the summer. Yeah. So it brings up the whole finance thing. I, I don't want more young players in on loan. And I he think, might want a promotion on his, on his uh, yeah. under his belt as well. I think we need a, a playmaker. Uh, I've been saying this since Moy left. If Moy's not coming back, we need a playmaker. And we don't need a young one. So I don't want us to go get another young one from him. Somebody... It's probably a bad choice or a bad thing and a lack of prep from me, but somebody like Adam Clayton, somebody with a bit of now who can move the ball around, get us moving around, be experienced, slow the play, quicken it up. Somebody like that, not necessarily him. Jacob Butterfield. No, he's, no, <laughs> no. But somebody like that, you know, sort of a, yeah. a few years ago, what they were like yeah. a few years ago. I, I could probably come up with a few if, if, I, if I look into it, but I, I think we need a playmaker. But we do need sort of, three or four players and I, I presume there'll be loans that come in and I would love Marcus Madison I think he would transform uh, that attacking three I, I think your, your ins in January are pretty much certain to be loans it will be loans they're not going to go and spend loads well, of we'll money we'll go back to Phil's interview with us and he said the money that came in in, in the summer 
uh, we pretty much went on, you know, the billing one went on tax. So therefore, yeah. we're probably not going to get another lump until the summer. It stands to reason that we probably won't get more money until the summer. Yeah. So he would have to front the money yeah. himself and then take it back out in, in the summer. And I, I, like, I agree with Danny. I think it also depends on where we are. But I think if we if if we need just one or two, I, I would love to see Madison and a, and a lone left back just to help Brown through and, and cover for him. I, I don't want to see Brown out of the side. I like him a lot. They'll, they'll, be, they'll go out and get a left back because, like you say, Jaden Brown can't be left on no. his own. And I'd guarantee that Congolo will be gone in January. I think, as, I think, as will floor. I think Simon's right as well. I think outs is, is really key. I think we'll probably see we need players out quite, quite quickly. And it's just about getting the right fee. And you, January is notorious for not being able to sell at the right fee or. It could be difficult, and there's there's players you look at. You look at right back. We've got like four or five right backs. We've got Danny Simpson's here till the end of the season. I, I agree with Neil. I think Dehaney's probably going to be coming when he comes back. He's probably going to be knocking as number two, which then leaves Flo and um, and Bocon, You know, and Flo may go. I, I agree with some people online where maybe I've said for ages that he's a better midfielder than than right back. But again, we carry quite a lot of midfielders of his type as well. So he he again and he's little. And yeah, so it might become surplus. We've got essentially we need to get players out, don't we? Before we, yeah. we go big, and we, we'll probably end up missing out on someone like Madison because we've got too many. I friends that um, David Webb will be very busy at the moment. Good, and his money. Please do it. Yeah, and I, and I think maybe kind of certainly in those forward positions were a little bit top heavy as well, perhaps. So. Um, Chroma, as kind of Danny mentioned, has done really well, kind of in the EDT team. Kind of, kind of question what more he can do to kind of get a, a shout in the first team. Colin Quanner probably deserves another loan, or, or will want another loan opportunity if he's not going to break himself into the first team. And I, I take your point about a, a kind of a creative midfielder, Matt. But I think realistically, unless Pritchard moves on, Town won't have the budget or the money to be able to strengthen in that position. It's like a playmaker in the eight rather than a ten that I'd like to see. Do you know? So, like Bakuna, I want Bakuna to step into that role, but he's. It's his sort of unreliability at the minute, which is holding him back. And if we're going to go four-two-three-one, you need someone behind the ten who can dictate and pass. And I think we lack that big style. And uh, we're Reece Brown be that man potentially. I think he's he's signed more for maybe next year, isn't he? But I, I'm still mourning over Aaron Moy. <laughs> I think if Brown were going to be that man, it would have at least. At I'd like least to see made him. a bench by now. I'd like to see him, but again, he's we go on about small midfielders, and he's what five foot five yeah, six. I, I really don't get that signing because you, you talk about oh, he's for next season. But when we signed him, we didn't know we could have been talking about next season as a Premier League Championship or League One. That's what I don't get that sort of transfer that we've made. It harks back to me to Huula and uh, Dempsey sort of transfer, just nonsensical. We were linked to Dempsey, yeah. and Jack Penn. Oh, sure, okay. we were linked to re-signing. Dempsey in January and I think he's been dropped by Fleetwood this season he's kind of got his way back in and played five or six games and all of a sudden us Derby and someone else have been linked but I think I'd pass that one up to be honest he's a bit similar to what's Twitter say Neil about the, uh, the transfers yeah just on on the signings Anthony O'Neill's just said get rid of the Deadwood Quana Mounier floor that'll go down well one of my stalkers um Somebody else has said the right side can be exploited by pace still. Our right side? Yeah, I'm, maybe right side is centre-back, but I don't think Danny Danny Simpson gets exploited. He's, he plays the spaces very well. Um, I think he got tired last night and got beat a few times, but I think that was just tiredness. He'll get better. 
as for people coming in, nobody's really said anything. Somebody's put about uh, Brady Frost has put about Pritchard coming back from injury. Mm. Needs some creativity. Um, Jamie at Jamie one seven three nine. So I'm not giving all your full Twitter names here. Very slack. <laughs> Left back to push Jaden Brown, which is yeah, fair yeah. point. I think one of the biggest misses we've had this season has been Chris Lerver. Yeah. Because yeah. Chris Lerver was an outstanding left back and to lose him has been... On and off the field. Yeah, it's, to lose him has been massive. And then Brave Wits has put, <laughs> we need him Benza turning into Dia Carby. Yeah, we said that last week, didn't we? Imagine if that happens, which hopefully it does. Yeah, but hopefully it does, but this will be this will be me not holding my breath. And that's about it, to be fair, on replies there. Right, Barnsley this Saturday, uh, a big game, six pointer you could say early on. We've we've given everybody a massive head start, haven't we, this season? Uh, and the person that uh, contributed to that is Jan Ziva, who has been linked with the Barnsley job. Oddly enough, apparently he lives quite close to the area and he's been linked. I like Jan as a as a bloke and kind of hope he gets the job in some ways. Um, but that probably says more about where I want Barnsley to finish this season, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, if he does get the job, I'd wish him all the best. But obviously not at our expense. Uh, Barnsley, so we've talked about changes and we've talked about what we would do. What are you expecting, Danny, from the, from the game on Saturday? I think it's going to be a nervy six-pointer is this one. And Barnsley have picked up a little bit and that result at West Brom was a belter as well. Well, I was thinking um, before the Middlesbrough game that I'd take four points from the next two, but I was thinking three of them will be against Middlesbrough because I, I, I just think it will be a draw against Barnsley myself. Um, I don't know a lot about Barnsley because I've not watched a lot of football this year, but Obviously struggling. I don't know about the Seaver link either. I can't say, well, obviously it could be some I can't imagine it, but another I just... team at our level going Jan Seaver. Yeah. They're I in trouble. They need to get out of trouble. The bottom of the league. Yeah. Hang on, let's go get Jan. I don't know why hasn't it been done by now? Surely it would have I don't know if this now, is just it? a lazy link, but they went German, didn't they, with yeah, Stendhal? They did, yeah. And obviously, Seaver's German. And he lives locally, so I think, I don't know if people are putting And two we took their together. assistant when Seaver wanted him, but then yeah. Seaver wanted rid of him as well. So Colin Bell's back. It's in a big there. game, innit? It's a big game. I think he's got, he's, he's got a couple of choices to make team wise. I think it does need freshening up. But as we alluded to earlier, it's. He's, he's very set on sort of 12, 13, 14 players at the most, so there's not a lot you can freshen it up with. He likes, he likes consistency. He likes yeah. consistency. Um, what do you reckon, Simon? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin you down, not physically and <laughs> literally, but in terms of a result, what, what, what do you expect this week? Uh, I expect to win, I think. I certainly hope for a win. Um, I think... Uh, It'll be a nervous occasion, particularly the longer it stays at nil-nil, or if we do concede early. Um, but uh, I think kind of, look, kind of whether we're kind of in a relegation battle in mid-table or looking for promotion um, at the start of the season, you would identify this game as a as a must-win fixture. Mm. Um, Barnes obviously kind of done well last season to get promoted, but um, are struggling so far at the bottom of the table. Um, obviously, the change of manager, which we've referenced, and. Yeah, I think I think we need three points to be honest. Um, so, uh, so yeah, here's hoping we get an early goal. Some of the, the crowd. Other, some of the other results, Neil, around like Reading have also got four out of six, and the yeah. others are starting to pick up. So it's putting a bit of pressure on us to. Well, the fact really is, we've got five unbeaten and we're still in bottom three. Yes, yeah, great. That's make you wonder what what, start, what conversations we've been having had we not had the run with we've had really. I, don't, I think we'd have been planning on a, a League One tour, to be honest. Yeah, so all of us, I think, are, are hoping, desperately hoping for a result 
a win against uh, a Barnsley Saturday. I think last time we played Barnsley at home, a similar sort of set of circumstances would uh, would be lovely. I, I'm still fully confident that regardless of what happens on Saturday, yeah, I think we do need a win, but regardless of the result on Saturday, that the Cowleys have got enough about them with a transfer window to come to uh, make sure that we're above that dreaded drop line. I think we'll cut Barnsley there. I think we're all looking forward to that. So uh, a massive, massive game for us. So we've got some exciting news coming up shortly. So over the next week, we'll be announcing something. We'll be announcing a new sponsor, a new website, some new features. So thanks for everybody for getting in touch. Please, can you like and, and retweet what we do and the subscriptions, tell your friends, etc., etc. It, it really makes a difference. And again, thank you for make, helping make the podcast what it is. And we'll speak to you next week. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Pate's got a chance and he scores. Jack Pate scores. Heffern is in there. Scores for Field Town! 3-2 Town! For a sherry, Danny Ward saves! Danny Ward saves! The Quattro's in, round the hair! 2-0 Huddersfield Town! Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.